Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At this point, most shows are winding down. Roy is just getting started. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I may not need a medical ethicist. I may need a psychologist. One of the leading medical ethicists and media commentators in the United States has made an impassioned plea to the sport of hockey to put an end to all hockey fights. Dr. Arthur Kaplan is the director of medical ethics at the Langone Medical Center at New York University. He's the author of many books, great books, but Dr. Kaplan, you, you know you have the best book title. I know you wrote the book a long time ago, but it's just the best book title in the world ever. Uh, smart Mice, Not So Smart People. It's just perfect. And it probably you know, applies... It, uh, that book still sells, so there must be something to that. Title. Well, how can you not buy it? <laughs> I mean, you have to know what it's about. You have to read that book. Uh... The title grabs you. But I'm, I guess, I'm, uh, I guess I'm, I'm sort of living evidence that that is true because I support you completely. In uh, and I used to be a big fan of hockey fights when I was uh, in my twenties and thirties. But then I saw the George Paros fight, and it scared the hell out of me. And uh, so I'm, I'm not a fan of hockey fights anymore. But at the same time, I, I'm a Mon- Montreal Canadiens fan. There's a team the players don't stand up for each other. And Carey Price was taken out by uh, Chris Kreider in a uh, when he slid feet first, or skates first into him in New York in a conference final game, and and I want I want Mark Bergerman to bring John Scott up out of the minors mm-hmm. and sit him at the end of the bench, just as a reminder to the next person who decides to take next player decides to take Carey Price out, there's going to be hell to pay, so. I said during before the before the I said I, I need psychological help because I'm on both sides of the fence here. I think. But what, look, what's the case? First of all, you can't have a game that relies on fighting or threats of beating up the other guy as a way to enforce not mugging people on the ice or trying to knock out stars. What you need is referees who are going to do their job, rules that are going to make it clear that if you take out somebody with a cheap shot you're going to not play for 20 games or you're going to pay a huge fine uh or you're going to lose a draft pick and you know you got to take the penalty seriously this idea that somehow in the game fighting is a way to enforce uh the protection of your stars uh it's like having somebody on a baseball team who's a martial arts guy and if the pitcher aims at somebody's head at the batter's box he goes out and tries to beat up the third baseman. I mean, that it's 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 kind of dumb. Well, it's dumb and it's scary because you start your column in Forbes magazine by quoting a Globe and Mail article on Robert Fred. A lot of people will say, who's Robert Fred? Mm-hmm. Tell us about Robert Fred. And by the way, let's get bonus points that I am tracking the Globe and Mail, even as an arrogant American, but there we are. Um, so I'm interested in hockey. I like hockey. I have a partial season tickets to the New York Rangers, whose fans have been known to enjoy a fight or two. And remember, I lived in Philly for a while, so it's not a, like I come out of fight-free environments. But all that said, Robert Frid 
played in the minors for a long, long time. He was their enforcer. He never made it up to the bigs, never played in the NHL, actually paid relatively little. All he did was fight. That was what they had him in there for. And as you know, the lower down you go in the pro leagues, the more the fighting seems to escalate. It's the way to pull in the fans. So he has about 75 concussions, memory loss. He's a mess. And he says it's from all the blows he took in fighting, not just playing the game, but getting whacked. And remember, hockey fights, they don't even have sort of the rules of boxing, if you will. It's brawling, not fighting in any real sense. And this guy's a mess. And he imputes it to a lifetime of being an enforcer, you know, sort of uh, slapstick style, the Hanson brothers, that, that kind of a career. Now, a lot of been has been written about hockey enforcers and some of the best known of them suffering after their hockey careers. Mm-hmm. I, th- I read mm-hmm. recently one player is dedicating his or his brain mm-hmm. after he dies. I read that a couple of weeks ago. But depression, possible suicides. But the sport argues about tradition, and while it's curbed fighting, it doesn't appear to be interested in ending it. And then, uh, Dr. Kaplan, the minimum salary, I believe, in the NHL, Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, fifty grand, sixty grand, maybe in the in the in the minors, maybe. Yeah, um, maybe. So, if you have a chance to make seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year by dropping your gloves, we'll always have volunteers because that's Absolutely. a lot of money. I don't doubt it, and some people will say, "I want to do that. I choose to do that. It's better than better than shoveling manure." Or you know, mining coal or other jobs that are not fun and risky too, but it's not part of the game. It just isn't. Having unskilled people come and take on a role as a fighter is not part of hockey, and it doesn't exist in Europe or Russia, and their hockey's pretty good. Wouldn't put up with it in the Olympics. People and we, and we talk, we say during the playoffs, you'll often hear hockey fans, yeah, NHL, sure. say, hey, there's no fighting yeah. In the playoffs, great hockey. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that sends the message, too. By the way, I'd like to hear the conversation with a very young, soon-to-be fan about what the role is exactly of fighting and why it's allowed. Um, that must be an interesting speech when it occurs. Uh, it's a bad example. It's not good sportsmanship. It indicates a kind of tolerance of uh, cheating and cheap shotting. I mean, nobody boos when somebody sucker punches somebody in the name of justice, which I've seen happen in hockey fights. So to me, it's it's kind of clear that the case based on tradition, well, it was a bad tradition. We once had a tradition, by the way, of no uh, hockey masks, right? That's no right. Masks. No helmets. It was a tradition, no yeah. helmets. I think they were bad traditions, but <laughs> we had them. Today, if you didn't wear a mask as a goaltender, you'd say, what's wrong with that person? Get him help. It's insane. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I spoke with, uh, when I was a young man, I spoke with Gump Worsley, who was a goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens, yeah. who told me he stopped a Bobby Hull slap shot with his forehead. Exactly, exactly. And, and, you but know, he didn't score. One of the early masks, might have been Ken Dryden, but I'm not sure, don't hold me to that. Somebody made a mask with all the stitches they would have had. Uh, Jerry Cheevers. Jerry Cheevers. Yeah, Jerry Cheevers, okay. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't pretty. It certainly wasn't pretty. <laughs> it, was, so, it wasn't. It was disturbing. And, and those are traditions, you know. They're they're just bad. But you understand me. I mean, I, I I agree with you about hockey fights. But at the same time, I want John Scott brought up to the Montreal Canadiens. And you know what John Scott's going to do if he's on the Habs team? These guys are going to grow a foot taller, each one of them. 
They'll actually stand up for each other, and nobody's going to go feet first into Carey Price anymore. I understand that there's a threat of that, although usually what they do in this escalation is they get a big lug goon on their side, right? And then Scott comes out, but all of a sudden the Rangers deploy goon X, and so... Well, it has to be pretty big. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. Do you think, as a longtime hockey fan and observer, and you're a medical ethicist, so you're approaching this from from an ethical mm-hmm. point of view and a medical and point of view? And by the way, I like hockey. I'm not a anti-hockey. I didn't, not talking about taking the checking out or anything. Okay. Do you think, in your lifetime, my lifetime, and we've lived most of our lives already, you and I, do you think we're going? We're, we'll see the day where there's no fighting in hockey? I do. I actually do. People say to me, they'll never get rid of it. It'll never go away. I don't believe that because I think the international movement is obviously established that pattern. You get a couple of lawsuits in the Robert Frids of the world, and I think fighting will come to a grinding end. Now, there's always some, you know, emotional outburst that might lead to a fight. I get that. But the institutional tolerance, I think it's going to go. Yeah. And you said 75 concussions. That just stopped. That took my breath away. Right. In that situation... Again, That's, you know, most of us don't see it because it's down there in the obscure venues, but yeah. you, you, it's going on down there. That's, uh, wow. Dr. Kaplan, you give us a lot to think about all the time. I'm, I, I still want Bergevin to bring up Scott, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks. sometimes you need rules to prevent those impulses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for the time, as always. Hey, my pleasure. Dr. Arthur Kaplan, he's the head of medical ethics at the Langone Medical Center at New York University.